It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. And good morning, it is John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger right through until one and Bernie and Sadie taking your comments this morning on 1850-333-103 and indeed you can text at WhatsApp 0862-103-103 you can email jp at c103.ie or indeed also you can message us via the C103 app you can tweet as well this morning at C103 Cork and I mentioned there regarding the weather uh, there is a weather warning in place it's a status yellow wind warning uh, for across Munster and of course here in Cork and that is in place uh, from tomorrow morning from 6am but those heavy winds will begin this evening and overnight here in the Cork area as well so be aware of that but there is uh, one story that people remain angry about and rightly so a disgrace what happened last week uh, to think that politicians who were the ones who should be leading the example in this particular pandemic are the ones who then are claiming they did not know uh, about a particular rule when it comes to hotels. I mean, how many of us uh, want to go out and and maybe have a meal with family and friends and even though we would be doing so within the restrictions, we're slow to do so. We're slow to do so because we're cautious of what's happening around us. We're slow to do so just in case maybe someone... Uh, we know has underlying conditions of a particular uh, illness themselves and we're afraid in case we pass something on to them and that would be the case over the years for any type of serious flu that was going around Ireland Uh, and this is more serious than anything and then we have a number of politicians who are going off like they did to Galway and I think at this stage maybe some are hoping it will be swept under the carpet. It doesn't seem so because while the anger remains out there and I have a number of texts this morning still from people uh, on what is now known as Golfgate, uh, the Labour Party and opposition parties are calling for the doll to be recalled due to the seriousness of what is going on now in the country. I mean we have uh, the increase in Covid cases but all of this what happens with with uh, regards politicians going to Galway uh, we have a number of opposition parties who were unfair and are, are just feel that everything that was done over the last number of months in this country by the public uh, is, is just being squashed because of actions of so few in Galway anyhow Cork East Labour Deputy Sean Sherlock will join us on that and it's something I think if you were a scriptwriter in Fair City 
you could not make this up because uh, over the weekend, while we had the Taoiseach and the Taunash, they, they found out that Phil Hogan stopped off in Kildare on his way to this particular Oireachtas golf outing. And that information came on the foot of communications from the Garda Commissioner, having initially indicated uh, Phil Hogan that he travelled from Galway or to Galway from Kilkenny. He then admitted that no, he did stop over at his home in Kildare on the way. And of course, Kildare is one of those counties and the only county now that remains on COVID lockdown. But then while he was in Kildare, he was stopped by Gardaí for using his mobile phone while driving. Now, the extraordinary twist on this is uh, as because of this incident, you wonder will we ever found out that he was doing that. But outside of that, uh, to think that the situation is bad enough and now he's been stopped by Gardaí for being on his phone while driving. And you would think that a man in his position would know better, but also that he uh, probably has a car with Bluetooth on it and would not need to be on the phone. So I'm not too sure what he was doing on the phone. Was he on a call? Was he texting? Whatever. Uh, but that just adds to it and adds to the fury of people. Uh, so we're discussing that this morning your views are welcome again you could not write this with what's coming out over the last number of days 1850 text or whatsapp 0862103103 also uh, the city councillor uh, Green Party councillor Lorna Bogue she is calling for an election she feels now with everything going on we need to wipe the slate and start fresh again or bring in a national government your view on that would that be the way forward due to what has happened and the lack of confidence now uh, from the public with what is going on from from Linster House. Also, this morning on the programme, we are going to discuss how satellites are now going to be used to inspect farm payments. So certain payments farmers get from the EU, it seems it's an EU measure and that each EU country may have to adopt this. So satellites that are already in place from the EU will basically be looking down on farms, we believe, on a weekly basis And then that will be used to calculate the payments farmers get. It's a story uh, the Irish Farmers Journal have been looking into. We'll speak with them later in the programme. And we're also going to hear about uh, Business Women of the Year Awards. This is from Network Ireland. They have branches right across the country, also here in Cork with the one in Cork City and West Cork. None, I think, in North Cork as yet anyhow, but uh, they have changed their plans because of the new restrictions. Last minute, they had to change their plans, so the event now will be held virtually. We'll hear about that and how business is going at the moment, especially for those smaller businesses uh, here in Cork. We'll have nutritional advice with Annalisa, she's along after 12.30 so any questions health-wise for Annalisa get them into us across the morning uh, she'll join us after 12.30 along with your calls and comments to 1850 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103103 but just some good news this morning and I know Owen English is writing about this in the Irish Examiner this morning and this is how five teenagers have been hailed as heroes after a father and son were saved during a dramatic beach rescue at this was last night off Roaches Point. So basically the pals, they were out fishing in a rib at White Bay uh, near Roaches Point and they rushed to the scene to save a father who was left clinging to a marker boy after his son, who was just nine years old, was swept out to sea on an inflatable device. So uh, three of these 16-year-olds uh, who were saving these people last night, they have a direct family connection to the RNLI, so they well know about uh, the lifeboats and sea rescues. But a big well done to Jamie Vinner, Richard Richard Maxweeney, Killian Foster, 
Kate Horgan and Harry Pritchard who were all there rescued that particular man saving him and his son so well done to them what a good news story and well done for taking those measures I mean not easy uh, when you're looking at that unfolding and you have to make the decision will I get involved or not so well done to those particular five teens who were in that particular rescue last night off Roaches Point a great thing to do and everybody safe and well but well done uh, some good news there this morning uh, amongst everything else that is going on your views are welcome 1850 text or whatsapp 0862 103 103 1850 lines open text or whatsapp 0862 103 lot of calls and Hogan should he stay or should he go well I'll get to those shortly but just elsewhere across the weekend on various things that have come out a lot of people asking about these laws that the Gardaí could have to enter private homes to break up house parties well it seems these particular laws now that the Gardaí could get they won't be in place until next year at this stage the Department of Justice has confirmed that the proposals relate to very complex areas of law and it could be next year by the time they actually get passed and for those who are working from home and there's a lot of people who remain working from home well this could be something uh, by way of good news for you because it seems those who were forced to work from home and at this stage a lot of people are being told uh, they will remain working from home into next year that you could be saving close to 30 thousand euros and your savings could then be made to overpay your mortgage if you have a mortgage or maybe you just want to remain saving money well the reason why the savers are coming or the savings are coming in is because many people when they are going to work we're all commuting then you buy lunch then you might buy a coffee you might buy something on the way home in the shop whereas it seems now people working from home are looking at their spending obviously you're not driving to work you're not getting that coffee during the day you're not getting lunch and when you're going to the store shopping you're watching the value of items and you're including that in your lunch and in your uh, smaller breaks and whatnot. so people are saving it seems anyhow close to €30,000 a year uh, by working from home so that is a bit of good news you can get out of those who do work from home and disappointing over the weekend to see something that has happened in Carrigaline a lot of work uh, done by the Tully Towns Group there in Carrigaline to improve the area and one such incident was vandalism in the Onaby car park area where they had new furniture installed their wooden furniture and it was just dismantled across the weekend which the Tully Towns Committee are very disappointed with uh, sad to see that happening and we've a lot of that happening over the last number of weeks unfortunately in various areas of the county and just back to your comments coming into us Yes, on Phil Hogan and what has, has has come out over the weekend and the latest incident in this particular twist is the fact that while Phil Hogan now admits he did travel from Kildare to Galway and not Kikini as he previously admitted while he was in Kildare he was stopped by Gardaí for using his mobile phone while driving. Well on this uh, particular text it says I was stopped by Gardaí two weeks ago for being on my phone. I was wrong but I got my penalty points. He should go arrogant is the only word I can use is that particular texter. Well, a texter here is saying, are we all raging regarding Golfgate? Yes. Well, to be honest, that's putting it mildly. Between lockdown and more, uh, but the debts is a big thing. People dying alone during COVID in hospitals, loved ones not able to visit them. Phil Hogan didn't get fined for his phone use. 
why Phil Hogan is not important like they are saying if he died today he can be replaced like us all so he has to be fired by the EU and taken to court in both Ireland and Europe or forget about monitoring Covid can a guard just caution someone as I got points for using my phone and rightly so the guard can't decide this job and it's a very bad example to the people of Ireland a two law country it's just sick says that particular texter while Meg saying if you or I were stopped JP while driving on a mobile phone it's three penalty points and a fine and then Phil gets a caution so wrong says Meg on text to 0862103103 Michael in Castle Tambert on WhatsApp says what it seems a week is no longer a long time in politics 24 hours is our EU commissioner Phil Hogan is the wars and at wars again but he has never been far away from them this time his boss is Ursula von der Leyen and yes it is her job to deal with him and not anybody else it is her remit and she will use that to her full ability without fear of contradiction I think Housing Minister O'Brien should have kept his nose out of it he has a boss in the Taoiseach and that is for the Taoiseach not him to comment or does he not accept what his Taoiseach is doing and where is Donny Cassidy who caused all of this unnecessary upheaval why hasn't Minister O'Brien castigated him uh, says Michael in Casa Tamber on WhatsApp to 0862103103 and on email over the weekend from Maria saying my son has not come home from London Uh, for the last six months I unfortunately had a stroke three months ago and my son complied with the regulations as did many of my family thankfully I've overcome this and I am doing well but when this story came out yes on Friday and across the weekend my son was chatting to me yesterday and he said to be honest ma'am I am just sickened to think I am here in London not able to travel and see my own mother because I'm obeying and obeying these particular laws. Yet our politicians who keep telling us to do X, Y, Z just ignore them. I am so upset uh, this morning is what uh, Maria's son was saying to her uh, over the weekend and, and that's the I suppose the human side of it from what is happening from people who are abroad and did not come home in circumstances like that when they had a parent sick and then they see this story coming out anyhow uh, your views are welcome 1850 text of WhatsApp 0862103103 more emails more comments coming in but we will discuss should the doll now be recalled and recalled this week rather than next week next Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103. And with the rise in COVID numbers and the latest controversy from Galway, opposition parties, including the Labour Party, are calling for the doll to be recalled. Cork East Labour Deputy Sean Sherlock is one of those and joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Sean. Good morning, John Paul. I mean, things have gone uh, serious with this particular situation in Galway. I mean, the latest now we have is that Phil Hogan uh, was has admitted to driving from Kildare, a county in lockdown, to Galway and then was stopped by Gardaí uh, because he was on his phone. So a lot of anger this morning about that. First of all, because of this and indeed what's happening with COVID, uh, the, the Taoiseach has gone to the Concordia, is going to the Concordia this morning, uh, wanting the doll sent back but it seems it could be next week. Are you calling for this to happen tomorrow? 
I, I think the Dáil needs to be recalled as a matter of urgency and, and it needs to be recalled for tomorrow. And the reason I'm saying that, John Paul, is notwithstanding the controversy in uh, Galway, where, you know, there are clear uh, questions now of, you know, of, of Commissioner Hogan. And people will argue that, well, look, he's gone to Brussels now and it's for Brussels to decide this through the, the various articles of the European Union in terms of how uh, Commissioner Hogan would be dealt with. Notwithstanding all of that, uh, there is a massive issue now in relation to the return of schools. And asking us to come back after the schools have reopened, I think, is completely ridiculous. It defies common sense. And it doesn't allow me, for instance, to be able to uh, articulate the serious concerns of my constituents in respect of, uh, you know, the guidelines that are to be put in place in respect of, uh, you know, students returning to schools, but also now, for instance, in respect of school transport, where uh, up until, I would say, last Friday, there was certainly a legitimate expectation that when the minister used the language of social distancing, that that wouldn't mean that there would be reduced capacity on the buses by uh, 50%. And what we're facing now next week, or even at the end of this week, is that people who would have had tickets will turn up and will be told that they can't get on buses. It's, it, 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 I can't use uh, superlative language here to, defy, to, to define just how surreal this situation has become. And, and I really am trying to keep a balance here in terms of the language that I use because I, I, I think people are just absolutely aghast with what's happening at the moment. And I think we need to see the return of the doll because it's well and, all well and good for me to talk to you about this on the airwaves and to address, you know, to talk about my concerns and the concerns of our constituents. But I need to be able to ask, you know, Norma Foley, Minister Norma Foley, I need to be able to ask the Taoiseach, or certainly my colleagues need to be able to do that, uh, you know, about getting clarity for students, for teachers. Uh, you know, I, we're inundated because uh, at the moment from parents in relation to school transport. And I know it's a cliche for a politician to say, I'm inundated because, but it's it's so true in this case. They don't know what's happening in respect of their children, uh, you know, when schools return. And they, an allowance has been, uh, you know, uh, announced now of approximately five euros for alternative means of transport. But until such time as I can get into the doll until we can start questioning the government about these things, you know, there's a fear that there will be total and utter chaos in the absence of a plan when the schools return. And already we have got that from parents who have been told their child who always had a seat on a school bus does not have a seat this year. Something we hear some years here on the programme, but it could be a different situation this year when capacity is different. And we've already heard from companies who will have to provide further buses because of the social distancing measures, which were mentioned as well. So, yeah, that that is a huge issue regarding schools. Uh, Obviously, the big issue this morning outside of schools is the issue of the Commissioner Phil Hogan, which we mentioned there. I mean, I know you're, you're... party leader Adam Kelly has called for him to go. So many others saying he should go this morning. Uh, should he go given that Ireland may need him at the table in Europe uh, with Brexit negotiations? What's your view on that? Yes, he should go. Uh, and and I, I, I make that, I, I give you that answer because if it was me and I, if I was in that position, I'd have been gone long ago. And any self-respecting politician who 
you know, suggest that they are representing the interests of Ireland, whether they're Agriculture Commissioner or Trade Commissioner, you know, notwithstanding his abject apology, uh, I I mean, the the level of anger that has been felt by people, and and you'll see it through your own programme there, it's the hypocrisy that prevails in respect of this situation regarding Commissioner Hogan. And I was absolutely disgusted last night when I heard the Fianna Fáil TD, Jim O'Callaghan, uh, coming out defending him and saying that he needs to stay in place because that we can't afford to lose the trade uh, position. Now, the European Commission collectively uh, will represent the interests of Ireland in respect of any deal vis-à-vis the United Kingdom. And they have been united to date. Uh, I actually think that Ireland's reputation now, uh, by continuing to have uh, Commissioner Hogan in place, will actually, it will do further damage if he doesn't go now. Because I think anybody who has self-respect as a person, as a politician, who has admitted to being in clear breach of the rules and the law and the regulation, you know, has to do the right thing. And let me be absolutely unambiguous about that. But parking that for a a moment, there is the anger that is being felt by people who, you know, around, you know, the loss of loved ones, the the fact that people couldn't go to funerals. There are politicians like myself, and I don't, I'm never holier than thou about these things, John, John Paul. I try to, you know, live to the letter of the law. I've, I've sought to obey all of the guidelines and the regulations in respect of COVID. It has meant that I've had to change how I work in terms of meeting people. My stock and trade has always been trying to meet people face-to-face to deal with their problems, or our office would deal with people face-to-face. We've had to change how we do business. And you know, it, and that is to some cost, because some people will always want to, to meet you, but you're fearful now of meeting people, because you do, it's not about the risk that they pose to you, but it's about the risk that you might pose to them by meeting them. We've obeyed all of the rules. People and families throughout the country have obeyed the rules. And, you know, if people in high offices, in people in high places don't obey the rules and were blatantly, uh, you know, uh, uh, in, in contravention of the rules and regulations, then they have to do the right thing and they have to go. And on this particular event in Galway, uh, there's calls over the weekend that if the Taoiseach and Tónishta, if they both knew this dinner was scheduled and did not order for this to be cancelled, that they too should consider their position. Would they have known, Sean, that this was going ahead? I mean, would, like some big companies would have social gatherings or social clubs and an email would go around and you would see the email and some people would just delete it or leave it in the inbox. Would an email have gone around from this particular Oireachtas Golf Committee to everybody working in Leinster House? And would they have known that this was going ahead? And should someone have said, regardless of numbers and how low they are or high they are, this should not go ahead? Well, first of all, uh, the last email that I would have received uh, from Donny Cassidy would have been somewhere in 2019. And that's in respect of ongoing issues with, you know, golf society or whatever. I'm not a golfer, I, but I do love watching golf and I don't deny anybody the right to play golf. It's a, it's a crucial part of our sporting life in this country. But the appropriate thing to do here would have been to cancel that event. Now, it is fair to argue, if you're to be fair, that the Taoiseach and the Taunashta, even though they, they would have known maybe that the, the event was going ahead, uh, would have expected that the event would have gone ahead with 
the clear guidelines and regulations in place. But the, it, it's about the tenor and tone of how you do business. It, it's not appropriate for any events of this nature to take place at a time when people are still in, in, in a virtual lockdown. We have the GA situation which emerged last week, which I'm absolutely aghast with, again, where people were attending games. Uh, you know, people anecdotally were socially distancing, you know, at games because, you know, there's plenty of space there now for clubs to be able to, you know, send people through a ticketing system to be able to watch GA matches at the local level. And now they've curved that again. So the the dichotomy, the hypocrisy between, on the one hand, cutting uh, back the number of spectators to zero who can attend local games for an organisation that forms the fabric of who we are as a as a people versus the the the, the upper echelons, if you will, gathering in a hotel, a salubrious hotel in the west of Ireland at a time when people are making the sacrifices. You know, it's it's absolutely disgusting, if I may say this. You know, and I, I'm talking about my colleagues here, some some people who are my colleagues and some who are former colleagues. And I don't want to sound holier than thou, but if I was a golfer and if I was a member of the Oroctus Golfing Society, which I don't think I'll ever be anyway, or never just wouldn't be my farm or my cup of tea. Um, you know, I I just wouldn't have gone there. I I just would have exercised a bit of cop on and just not attended the event. But to answer your question, the event, the event shouldn't have taken place. And I, I would say that the Taoiseach and the Taunashta, you know, have to articulate whether or not they knew that it was going ahead. If they knew that it was going ahead, you know, they, they have they have to ask whether or not they were satisfied that the, that they, in their own mind, were satisfied that the protocols were taking place. But notwithstanding all of that, it was, it was not the appropriate time to have any kind of an event of that nature. It just sends a signal to people that... You know, there's one group of people who, you know, for whom the rules don't apply and for the rest, well, you know, beggar the rest of the, the population. It was just inappropriate, John Paul. And while those, Sean, that were there have resigned from their positions, some, for example, uh, Senator Jerry Bortimer here in Cork, he remains a senator. Do you feel they should leave totally, resign everything and, and leave the Senate and leave uh, leave the Doyle and, and, and leave polit- political life totally because of what they have done? I can only answer the question on the basis of how what I would do myself. My threshold for embarrassment is probably lower than maybe some other politician. If it was me, I would be going to my party leader now, having made such a you know fundamental mistake, an error of judgment, uh, and, and acted in contravention of the regulations which we all signed up to. And I would have said, I'm tendering my resignation. And now, you know, I would... Res- Personally, I would be resigning as a TD, whether you would do that at the next election or whether you would do it immediately forcing a by-election. But I'm just saying, again, I don't want to sound holier than thou. I think I'd be so embarrassed and so ashamed of myself as a person, you know, because of the, the signal that it would have sent by attending that event that I personally just could not, I wouldn't be able to face the people anymore and you would have to do the right thing and I think you would have to resign. But I can only speak for myself. I think each person exercises their own their own judgment on these matters. You can probably tell by my voice that I'm absolutely a bit angry about all of this, John Paul, because what, what it has done now is that it has painted all politicians with the same brush. And I just want to reassure people like that, that, that what I want to do is I want to get back to the, 
withdrawal tomorrow because I want to speak for the people who have contacted me about schools in particular because the schools issue is the next big issue. School transport, getting people back to school and also getting schools built that haven't been built in constituencies like my own that are supposed to be delivered on, you know, a a number of years ago. Those are the issues and it's time for us to get back now into the, the bear pit that is the doll so we can hold people to account. It's not good enough for uh, politics to be conducted. It's important for us to have these discussions over the airwaves, but it's not the complete way of doing politics. The only complete way of doing politics and going working through the issues is for ministers to be accountable. Minister Norma Foley needs to be accountable to the doll for what's going to happen at the end of this week. The Taoiseach needs to be accountable to the doll. That's the tribune of the people. That's the only place where if democracy is to mean anything, that we can get worked through these issues. OK, just a number of calls and comments in on this. First of all, Henry saying, uh, cutting off one's nose despite one's face. Phil holds a top job when it comes to trade. Brexit is coming. Is Labour willing to bring the country into depression and cuts like they have the last time they were in government? Uh, and that's obviously if, if Phil was to go, says Henry. And then Michael in Castletonbear is saying, ask Sean if it requires two thirds of the commission to remove Phil Hogan. Well, well, on Henry's point, first of all, when we, the one thing you could say about Labour and government was that we made decisions that people knew exactly what we were doing and there was absolute clarity. You may not have agreed with everything that we did in government, but when we handed back the reins of power in 2016, uh, you know, it was on unemployment and I can, the figures will show this, unemployment was going down and people were moving back into jobs and work again. So, Obviously, not a Labour fan there, but that's fine. You know, I under, I appreciate that. But, I mean, the point here is about the law. This is not any ordinary times. These are extraordinary times. There is a coronavirus. People are dying. People will die, continue to die. And if the actions of those people who are supposed to be in high office are such that they're acting against or or contradictory to the people who are ordinary citizens, then I think people need to do the right thing. Now, the trade negotiations, let me go back to that, John Paul. The trade negotiations, the one characteristic of the trade negotiations right up to this point is Barnier. It hasn't been Phil Hogan. It has been Barnier, has been the person that has defended Irish interests, along with the Irish government, to be fair to them, has defended Irish interests. The Trade Commissioner will do trade deals with, uh, you know, the, either the United States or China or wherever, and trade deals will be done with uh, the European Union. But I have yet to hear anybody say that Commissioner Barnier and the rest of the European Union has done anything that has been contrary to Irish interests. So whether it's Phil Hogan in the driving seat or somebody else, you know, I think the issue is too serious now for us to just glaze over this and let him go walk off into the sunset and back to the back to the Brussels. I, I've worked in Brussels for three years. You know, it's a bit of a bubble, but I think, you know, Irish people as citizens of the world need to take responsibility and, and, and show good cause when it comes to, you know, defending the reputation of Ireland first and foremost. And on the second point, forgive me, John Paul, just in relation to the technicalities of this, as I understand it, uh, it's a it's it's a matter for the European Union. It's a matter for the Commission. 
my understanding is that the Commission can bring an action to the Court of Justice to seek to have a commissioner uh, removed if the commissioner uh, acted illegally or in contravention of maybe EU law. If the exact criteria of that, I'm absolutely unsure of. But the president of the commission, Ursula von der Leyen, my understanding is that, you know, when she considers the matter, you know, she can ask, and, and this is subject to clarification, she can ask that a commissioner would remove themselves. But I don't think the government can recall a commissioner. That's my understanding. And the worry then with all of this is people are looking at what's going on and they're questioning and I've heard this over the weekend from people myself well, why should I do this? Why should I do that? In point. relation to the COVID regulations because they see politicians flouting the laws so the big thing is that we, we could end up in a situation where by all the hard work done over the last few months has been thrown away because of what happened last week. But, 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 so that has to be taken into account when you look at people's roles like those who were there and like Phil Hogan regardless if people want him to stay in that position or not. If, if Phil Hogan and people who have been in contravention of the rules and regulations continue to stay in place that's exactly the signal that you're sending to citizens whether you're living in Mallow or whether you're living in Ballina you're basically sending a signal it's one rule for uh, you know, the, the upper echelons and it's another rule for the ordinary citizens. And why should ordinary citizens then uh, obey those rules? Like we met with the Vintners Federation last week as politicians, or two weeks ago as politicians locally. And like, you know, people say, well, you know, they, they have a case for a support package in my view because, you know, people who own pubs intergenerationally are saying, well, look, why is there a dichotomy between the fact that we can't open up, but yet pubs and restaurants can open up where you're serving food? And I have sympathy for that case, and I think that's a case that needs to be given serious consideration. But no, why would anybody who owns a pub, uh, you know, not reopen if they see the signals coming from people who are in high office, clearly in breach of, of the rules? We, the law has to be applied evenly. And if people are in breach of the law, whether it's me as a, a TD, whether it's a John or Jones citizen, whether it's a High Court or Supreme Court judge, the law has to be applied equally and it has to be seen to be applied fairly and equally. That's why I think people need to consider their positions. And finally, before I let you go, Sean, two questions that have come in. Uh, first of all, this is to do with disability services. A text is saying, please ask Sean, does he know why disability services are still being ignored and discriminated against? No sign of when they will reopen uh, for so many who rely on them. Any update on that or is that another uh, question that needs to be brought in front of the doll when it eventually comes back? And this is exactly the reason why the doll needs to resume uh, because I don't have clarity in respect of services in, in, in the Cork area, for instance. And I had been doing a lot of work on this. I had been, you know, talking to the higher echelons of the, the, the HSC in respect of when we could have protocols and pathways put in place for every person who avails of these services uh, to, to, to go back to these services. And, you know, the, the situation is no clearer now than it was, we'll say, towards the end of July when when the doll rose. So that's one of the big issues on my books that I want to take up when the doll resumes again. Because at the end of the day, uh, people if people are going back to school, people should be going back to you know the, the day services or the residential services that they have a right to access. 
uh, you know, as citizens, and, and that's something that needs to be raised again. And I'm just, I, I, I just, you can tell by my voice that I'm just aching to get back into it because there are so many issues that are just not being addressed that need to be addressed. Yeah, and, and as you are aching to get back into it, as you say, do you think you'll get back into it tomorrow? Because the Taoiseach has, again, he has come out saying he is going to ask the Concorla to recall the dial ahead of schedule, but still the ahead of schedule seems to be after when schools reopen and that seems to be next week. Do you think you in opposition and others will get the dial reopened, if not tomorrow, on Wednesday? Or, or do you think it will be next well, week? I, I'm hopeful, but, but just speaking as one TD, what I did last night was I uh, I texted uh, just our group, our, our little group of six TDs, uh, and I said that maybe we, what we need to do is up the ante now and coordinate with other opposition party leaders uh, and, and start really you know, upping the ante. Because what we're doing now is, you know, Alan Kelly has made a statement, to be fair, uh, Mary Lou MacDonald, Social Democrats and so on. But I think if we act in unison to insist upon the return of the doll, I don't think that that's a, a voice that can be ignored by government. They have such a majority as well at the moment, John Paul. That's the other thing about all of this is that, you know, they may just ignore that call. I hope they don't. I hope they listen because it, we're talking for hundreds of thousands of people here who want to see the doll recalled. We'll, we'll wait and see what happens over the next uh, 24 hours on that. Sean, I, hope, yep. I hope the Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael TD in my constituency, David and, and James O'Connor, you know, to be fair to them, I hope they will seek to have the doll recalled as well to work on these issues. You want them to approach Micheál Martin and say recall it tomorrow? I, I would be hopeful that they would as government TDs. To say have the doll back tomorrow or by Wednesday? Re- resume the doll this yeah. week. Either tomorrow, Wednesday, you know, tomorrow or Wednesday. But just get it back, uh, you know, before the do- before the schools uh, open because I think we need to be able to articulate our concerns. I'm not sure that the government is listening to the concerns of people on the ground at the moment. We just need to, and we need to have a, a you know, the bear pit, as I call it, of the doll to be able to do that. Okay, Sean, for the moment, we'll leave it there. Thanks for joining us this morning on an issue that I'm sure will continue over the next number of days. That is Cork East Deputy Sean Sherlock uh, on the recalling of the doll to deal uh, with the situation, obviously regarding schools, but also what has come out regarding Golfgate and Commissioner Hogan. Your views are welcome. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. On Golfgate, a number of calls in on this this morning and what has happened over the weekend and also regarding uh, the latest on Commissioner Phil Hogan uh, basically should he stay should he go after what has come out that he did leave from the county of Kildare which was in lockdown to go to Galway and then while in Kildare stopped by Gardaí for using his mobile phone while driving on that uh, first of all I mentioned a story earlier about a group of teenagers who rescued a man and his son of Roaches Point while Noel in Kilmurray says with the scandal that is Golfgate and the disgraceful behaviour of some politicians who should know better, it is great credit to those Cork teens who led by example and rescued that man in danger of drowning at sea. They are a credit to their parents and the country, says Noel in Kilmurray. And yes, you're dead right, Noel. Uh, they are a credit considering what is happening elsewhere. Uh, and on the Golfgate scenario, a question here from a texter who says, did Fianna Fáil or anybody else give a price? 
uh, or a prize of a glass ornament to those uh, in the particular golf committee if this is true they should be all brought down uh, on when Sean was speaking earlier to us that's uh, Cork East Deputy uh, Labour's Sean Sherlock uh, texter here saying what I can hear from Sean's voice is praising himself and looking after number one so Henry who texts in making the point about the country is more important than the people it's okay for people to die so Henry is that it well not with me and others the country will be fine without Hogan and to use Hogan's words we will follow him to the grave to sort this is that particular texter somebody else is saying the penalty points should be called the Hogan point and Mick is saying I agree with Hogan and the rest of them they should all go but when I hear holy than thou Sinn Féin on about this they broke all the rules as well by boldly attending a funeral in the north says Mick on text to 0862103103 while Tim in Limerick says who paid for this particular dinner in Galway we should get rid of the Shannon now it's a waste of money paying wasters that could not get elected and we should hire more nurses and more to help in our health service with the money that is saved from the Shannon says Tim on text to 0862103103 a lot of people are calling for an election this morning as well and one of those is the city councillor Green Party councillor who says we need a clean slate and that is Lorna Bogue who joins me this morning good morning to you Lorna Good morning, how are you? I'm fine, um, thanks. And while all this is going on, you and others are looking at this and saying the coalition here has basically two choices maybe, to form a national government or have another election. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I, I suppose, you know, obviously an election carries its own risks and dangers, but I suppose that's just how serious um, this whole situation is and uh, listening back to the text that you've received and I'm sure you've noticed it yourself I've never seen this level of anger from people. Like, the I've last time I can remember this apart from the health scandals we've had over the, the last few years maybe, yeah, yeah, the IMF as you say there yeah. the IMF is the last time people were all united with anger everybody is united that there's nobody saying different there's a few have different uh, views on Phil Hogan if he should stay or go because of Brexit but overall people are very angry and are calling for all those who were in Galway to leave I mean would you agree with that that everybody even though they have resigned from their positions Lorna they should go totally uh, from their positions within the Shannon and Linster House in the Dáil well, I, I have looked at what um, my own constituents um, have been saying um, in response to um, to some of these senators as well. So I, I think the people are are fairly, you know, united in that as well. Um, I don't know if it's enough really to resign from, um, you know, additional positions that people might hold um, at this point. But I suppose that's why I'm t- saying we either have to have a national government now at this point or the situation is just so serious now that perhaps even even having a general election. And to be honest, I mean, a general election is the last thing that I or any politician would want at this time because it does carry risks. And I, I, I'm totally appreciative that there are risks that would be associated with it. Um, but I suppose things have just gotten so serious now that um, I, I think... And again, I was saying in that article too that... Um, we're seeing things happening like um, Nefes, for example, is recommending certain measures and then the government is going against those measures as well. And I, my own observation anyway is that while we had a caretaker government, not to say that Fine Gael were doing a particularly spectacularly good job, but while they were listening to the experts, we actually saw the virus being suppressed. 
Um, and now, since this new government has come in, I mean, we can't argue with the data. Like, it seems as though the virus is getting loose again. Um, and it's because of the laxness um, with which they are approaching this and the, the game playing that's happening as well. I mean, I, 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 every day Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are playing games with each other and Green Party is kind of caught in the middle of it and not saying too much and keeping the heads down, um, I've heard from myself. Um, you know, so I, I just think that looking at this particular coalition of chaos and looking at the comparative, um, which, you know, the, the first preference that I would have is for a national government, that the government has to be listening to the opposition. They have to bring the opposition in now. Um, and we all need to be acting together in order to, um, to suppress the virus and in order to get things working again. Um, because all of this game playing that's happening right now and the defensiveness every time the opposition says something, um, it's just not working. And do you feel if there was an election that your own party, the Green Party, could could be ruined or could have a negative outcome? Yeah, I, I did I did say that. So I, I acknowledge, um, I mean, the polls speak for themselves and, you know, my I, I do listen to my constituents. So I, I know the anger that's out there um, for the Green Party for, I suppose, propping up this particular coalition and not saying anything. I think the Green Party was a bit more vocal about things that are just not acceptable um, I think that that would be a better outcome overall, but um, it just doesn't seem as though they're kind of they they want to say anything. And I and even even acknowledging that and knowing that it could bring about you know the destruction of my own party. Like sometimes you have to push the country ahead of your own party. Um, and I I'm just looking at the outcomes of this government continuing to go along the way it is. Um, and I, that, that is the main point that I'm making. It's that things can't keep going like this. Um, we can't have another disaster every single week. Um, you know, I, you're, you're someone who works in journalism, so you must be sick of so much news happening all the time. I'm sick of so much news happening all the time. Everyone's sick of it. We're all sick of what's happening um, right now with this government and all the game playing and all of the chaos. And even before this week started, so even before Golfgate happened, I was talking to exactly the same journalist um, who, who published the story today. And like what we were talking about then was that kids get to school and the school bus scheme and the transport, but that doesn't even seem to be in place at the moment. And we're a week to go, um, or well, we're not even a week now at this point, we're a few days to go before the schools go back. Um, and I'm sure that's affecting people in County Cork particularly. Um, but it just seems as though there's no control over what's happening. And there's all of this stuff coming in, like the exam results, Again, it was confirmed this morning. They don't really know what's happening with that. And the schools are coming back and they don't really know what's happening with that. Um, and we, they don't have transport in place. And there's all of this stuff happening. And my constituents are just sick and tired of it. And I personally am sick and tired of it. And I'm sure you're, you know, tired of, you know, having to cover so much news all the time. Well, it's it's an embarrassing news because it's just people making mistakes and it goes back to something we had seen in the 90s maybe from politicians who continue to make mistakes such as things that came out from the Galway tent. We thought those days were over uh, but they seem to be creeping back in again and it's leading to this particular scenario. Uh, so if there wasn't, for example, elections are fine to be called. We are in the pandemic. Things are being restricted. It might be tougher to have an election now because mm-hmm. of all the restrictions. Uh, you would be happy though to have a national government would that be something to look at because then you would have everybody working together and it might rule out what we have happening at the moment or, or would it not maybe? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think now is the time to do it because this mm. pandemic is calling for a new and different type of politics. Um, and what the, the old style politics that we're seeing, because you're right. I mean, the stuff that we're seeing right now, it's like watching an episode of Reeling in the Years from the 80s. Um, you know, like it's it's exactly the same type of behaviour and it's the political game playing and it's not listening to the opposition and it's not being constructive. Um, and a new type of politics is required deal with this pandemic and the Green Party from the very beginning had been calling for a national government and it's become incre- increasingly apparent now that a national government is what's required so if everyone could just cop on um, and work together and actually get these problems resolved and listen to the opposition and take on board what they are saying as being constructive um, you know and I think we could actually get and move our way out of this because a structural break is required now because people are furious about Golfgate. I'm furious about it. Um, like, I'm missing the, the the wedding of a very close personal friend, um, you know, and that's, that's not even... That's not even a big thing on the grand scale of things. I mean, I've had constituents who weren't sure whether they could visit their parents while they were, um, you know, well, well, you know, passing away, or you know, they did they didn't know if they could do this or they could do that, and they missed all of these events that were happening in their lives. Um, and people people need to be allowed to grieve for that as well. And I think part of this anger that people are showing right now is actually grief as well. Like people are expressing grief for things that they've missed and then the slap in the face from Golfgate, from the, the same old boyos at it again um, and having a big shindig. You know, it, there has to be a structural break between that now. And I was listening to Antishuk, um on the radio this morning and the, the prevarication that was happening, like people are looking for leadership right now. So they have to just try and grab this situation and say, right, that's it, we're drawing a line under it, we're taking action on it, and we're going to go and form a national government, and we're going to work together on this, and all of the issues that are coming up, we're going to get that done, and we're going to have a plan up until Christmas um, at least, um, and then you know we can work together with the opposition on this. Um, because uh, the way things are going right now, I'm not seeing leadership, and it's just hurting a lot of people, and I think it's going to... If, if something isn't taken in hand now, we're going to see a second wave of this virus. And we were getting it under control when we listened to the experts. Well, we'll wait and see what happens over the next number of days for the moment. Lorna, thanks for joining us on that. That is the City Councillor Lorna Brogue on uh, Green Party Councillor on why now she feels the coalition has two choices to form a national government or have another election. She was also speaking to Anne Murphy, of course, in the Echo as well on that. Uh, and staying with the particular situation of Galt a lot of people have views on this first of all a texter here who says uh, when people are talking about the schools forget about schools opening now as this Covid must have spread rapidly after Golfgate you're opening schools are you mad that is like ordering mass murders is that particular texter and then Jim O'Callaghan Fianna Fáil he should also uh, be asking himself questions he had the brass neck to back Hogan says this texter stand down uh, both Jim and Hogan now uh, who at this stage has broken so many laws the Irish courts here have a duty it's not all down to the EU either and where are our guardie in all of this when it comes to the phone situation 
A lot of people asking about the hotel in Galway and in Clifton. I have a statement uh, from the Irish Hotels Federation on the advice they provide on that very shortly. But Passion for Moy uh, says on Michal and Leo, where were all their advisors? They should have been on the ball and known what was going on with their own members. Paddy says, I'm utterly disgusted. If it was any other person caught on the phone, they would have been giving penalty points or put off the road. And it was disgraceful of the 81 of them that went to the Gulf, including the judge. One law for them, one law for the poor, says Paddy. Isha saying, I'm very angry over all of this. We couldn't have a proper funeral for my mother and my aunt over the restrictions. We need to have another election and proper people running this country. While Margaret in Charneville says, if Phil Hogan is in Ireland since the end of July, how come that particular evening he had to pick up so many important papers in so many different places before he got to Galway. He is very arrogant and he just has to go. The whole lot of them who were at the party need to leave political life. Dermot though has a different view. He says, yes, Commissioner Phil Hogan is needed at the moment at the negotiation table in uh, Brussels, but the future He should not be voted back in, but he is needed at the moment in the EU. And also staying with this particular situation, a lot of people asking about the Doyle needing to go back. This particular texter says, while the Doyle is needed to go back, pubs need to know if they can open a week today so they can get stuck in. It's a disgrace and it's discrimination against rural pubs. It should either be all pubs open or all closed. And the texter here is saying, I think JP, the president, Michael D. Higgins now should order the gov- order even the government uh, to go back to work tomorrow. He should now intervene if he can as president of this country and get them back. And another texter here is saying, for goodness sake, the country is in crisis. We could all do with a holiday. but politicians should get back to what they were elected to do. They seem to believe they have their pensions for the betterment of themselves rather than for the betterment of the very people who gave them their positions in the first place. Uh, like Lorna I favour another election and Mag's making the point if I stole a pound of butter and apologised to that particular judge would he say that's okay it was an error of judgement says Mag's as so many are using when it comes to their excuse for going to Galway and finally on this Sheila saying just think it was shocking uh, that Phil Hogan and others let down their hair and went to that particular party uh, says Sheila on text to 0862103103 and the Irish Hotels Federation they said that they had no role in organising or providing clearance for the Oireachtas Golf Society event that was held in Galway on Wednesday last. In a statement issued the IHF said the event has shown the limitations in current communications from the government around changes to public health advice. They said there is a time lag from when changes to public health advice are announced to when operational guidelines for businesses are updated. This means that the new advice does not come into effect for tourism businesses until updated guidance is developed and communicated through the department. This time lag can create significant challenges given public expectations around newly announced government advice. Uh, That was the statement in relation to the Clifton House Hotel and the Irish uh, Hotels Federation that people were looking for clarification on, that's what they said. Uh, but they said they had no role in organising or providing clearance for that particular event in Galway. And that does something totally different. You'll be aware that the annual commemoration event in Ben Abla, that obviously was off this year due to COVID-19 restrictions. But 
across the weekend it seems apart from people who always would be passing by Ben Ablaw and stop at the monument to have a look or take a photo or whatever there was a number of unofficial um, organisations who did hold their own commemoration event at the particular Ben Ablaw site two calls here on this from people in the area who don't want their name mentioned but are locals living in the Ben Ablaw area uh, firstly saying uh, this person says where were all these people all along do these particular uh, organisations one of those was the far right group Seal Nahiram. Uh, this person wants to know who lives in Benablo. Do they always attend the commemoration? And if so, why did they feel they could bring over or near 100 people to Benablo yesterday to hold their own commemoration? Did they ever think of those living in the area? Maybe we don't want 100 people or more. It breaches guidelines, and the last thing we need is people who may have COVID entering our area when they've been told nothing was going ahead this year due to COVID-19 restrictions. All those groups are no better than those who went to Galway, said that particular person living in Benablaw. And another person in that area has been on saying disgusted to see these unofficial commemorations yesterday had they no regard for those of us who live in the area. We don't know what they were bringing in but disappointing to see them. Yes, we all believe and we all commemorate uh, what happened but uh, this year it was called off and I think those that attended with their flags yesterday were just wrong. They did not think of those living locally. Shame on them all doing it for their own publicity. Uh, so this particular person who lives in Benabla, that was those unofficial commemorations that took place. They are locals in Benabla, unhappy with those who took the law, they say, into their own hands and held commemorations. Uh, they should have said in, in the times we are in with COVID, they should not have done that. And think of those that are living in the area, even though it is a rural area. And people might say, well, you know, houses are sparse because it's a rural area of Cork. Still, people not happy with that in Benabla. And you can understand why as well. Anyhow, your views are welcome. 1850 333 Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. A different issue now, and this is how satellites are going to be used to inspect farms for certain payments. It's an EU measure. We'll discuss that next. C103 Jobs. And on our job spot for today, we have opportunities that include signature hair design in Bandon. They have a position available for a senior hairstylist. You can send your CVs to mallumbert123 at gmail.com. A secretary and veterinary nurse is required for Canturk. Contact 029-30888 for further info. And front of house supervisors wanted in Mallow. Email davidjsmurphy at gmail.com. You'll find these jobs and much more now online. Just go to c103.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103. It emerged last week that EU satellites are to inspect farms on a weekly basis. Barry Cassidy is writing about this in the Irish Farmers Journal this week and he joins me. Good morning to you, Barry. Morning, John. Uh, this was something that was mentioned a number of years ago, and I think it was to do with checking for scrub on the land. But it seems that this will be ramped up this time round, and we'll be looking at farms, uh, farms themselves, but also the payments, of course. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. To get in from the EU, is that correct? Yeah, so I suppose what we've seen, we and I suppose farmers will be familiar with satellites and, and their use. Currently, about 4% of farms every year have their area checked by satellites, which is a remote inspection. The satellite will take a picture of the farm uh, an inspector will check that picture, as you say, to see if it's the agricultural land is in appropriate condition to receive payments. So that's, you know, the likes of scrub and that on the land. I suppose the fundamental difference with what's being planned here now is we're moving from a sort of an on-the-spot check kind of job to a uh, real-time um, system where every single farm would have a satellite check in it every three to four days. So it's a significant step up, I suppose, from where we are currently. And the satellite images then, they'll be fed, I presume, from from here to the EU and Brussels. And that will decide is the, the payments the farmers receive then, the various payments they get from the EU. And is it the Irish government have to implement the particular satellite systems here in Ireland? Yeah, so I suppose what these satellites will be used for is area-based schemes. So that schemes where your payment is determined by the number of hectares that you have and the number of those hectares are eligible. So the big two, I suppose, that farmers will be familiar with is the basic payment, which is your direct payment but also the area natural constraint, the AMC, or the old disadvantage payment as it was. Um, and basically what happened there is the EU has a system of satellites, Copernicus is what they're called. Uh, it'll take an image of the farm. That image will be sent to the Department of Agriculture. The Department of Agriculture, what it's planning now, is to design an algorithm that will be able to process that image uh, and, and determine whether or not that land is eligible. So I suppose currently what happens is it's manual and an inspector will do that. But the hope is, is that it will be able to be computerized and they'll be able to design sort of a traffic light system. So you'll have an entire map of all the land parcels in Ireland totaling 1.1 million, uh, and it will be green, yellow, or red, depending on whether or not it's pay- capable of it, having a payment on it. Now, of course, their computers can only go so far, uh, and there will be a certain element of human interaction behind that system uh, that they'll be able to double-check decisions, and then even if you know there is appeals, farmers will be able to go in and uh, contest whether or not their land was ineligible. And will this cut down on the department staff that usually would be calling to farmers to inspect the farm and inspect the land? Will that no longer be happening now? Yeah, well, I suppose this is the kind of the EU's hope is that they want to kind of move away from a system of compliance and, you know, checking that everyone's following the rules and more of a system of uh, performance, you know, that everyone is, is doing what they should be. So I suppose the fact that this is a, a real-time system, you know, it'll no longer be a case of where 5% of farms are kicked out and checked. You know, every single farm will be kept up to date on kind of what their status is. And I suppose what the hope is there is that the department will be able to have a system where they can interact with farmers and tell them, at, I suppose, at an earlier stage, hopefully, uh, than might happen presently, 
that they might have a piece of ineligible land and that, you know, certain action may be required um, so they can avoid a penalty. You know, I suppose farmers will not be familiar how an inspection works at the moment. You're selected. Your payment is often delayed in a lot of cases and you're waiting to find out the result of that inspection. Uh, so I suppose this system, although it will really increase the level of scrutiny across all farmers, could hopefully prevent some farmers falling south of the rules um, earlier than they may otherwise find out. And if then you're in a situation, you mentioned the traffic light system there, that you it shows inconclusive. I mean, does that mean then a farmer will, or an inspector will physically have to visit the land and the farm if the satellite won't provide a clear image? Yeah, so I suppose that, you know, we have to consider how satellites take the image and that's, you know, 180 degrees in the air from right above. Uh, you know, you also have things that cloud cover feed in. But, you know, suppose you had a field and you have an overhanging tree. The satellite can't be under that and it can't determine whether or not that piece of land is eligible. So that, that would, in that case, that would be something that would show up inconclusive. Now, what could happen there is either, yes, you could have an inspector on farm, but we, they've actually introduced the last within the last two years a system of geotagged photos. So I suppose we're all familiar with our smartphones and probably just how much information they can gather. So there is a function of the phone that if you take a certain picture, it will determine the date, the time and the location that photo was taken. So the farmer could go out, he could receive notification that there's inconclusive land. He could go out onto his farm with his, with his photo take the picture, send it to the department, a department inspector will say, yes, that land is eligible, and then it can be cleared for, for um, payment. It moves to the green and out of the yellow. So I suppose it's really they're trying to harness, I suppose, a lot of the technology that, that are coming on stream now, and I suppose it's, it's frightening really, really, really what they can do now compared to the system of old where it would have required an inspector on the ground at all times. And farmers, I mean, they do expect uh, people to come out from the department and inspect their land and their farm. But could farmers now lose out financially because of this particular system, because they are looking down uh, from the skies on their farm? There's no hiding this unless you have those trees that are uh, falling over your land. Apart from that, though, there's no hiding the satellite. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the the frightening thing is that these satellites are passing every three to five days anyway, the EU system. And they're capable, these satellites, Copernicus, are cap- capable of harnessing pictures of the earth every three to five days, take a full view of everything. So this is happening anyway at the moment, I suppose. It's building a system around that will that will allow them to feed that into determining cap payments. Um, but look, it will, it will be a system of where every single farm, we're going from a situation where 4% of farms, about 8,000 farms annually are inspected, um, to every single farm, 100% of farms being inspected. So I suppose there will be a, la- a much higher level of scrutiny I suppose the one piece of comfort is that what I mentioned there earlier, that real time element of it in that you mightn't be penalised. You know, if you declare your land and they tell you you're ineligible, you will have an opportunity to correct that. Of course, there is maybe in some situations you won't be able to correct that. And there might be certain bits of land that can't be brought in line with the rules. But I suppose the fact they're they're trying to design this system, I suppose, at that very early stage is yes. But hopefully, you know, it's not just a system of checking. You know, it's not just about inspections and checking farms are compliant. There will be a functionality and able to actually assist farmers in uh, meeting the conditions. And Barry, I know the last time we discussed it here when the initial, uh, I suppose, proposal of satellites be mentioned to check farmers was spoken about a number of years ago. Farmers were unhappy with this. They were saying they're being spied on. Uh, what's the feeling this time round? Because as you mentioned, it has been used over the last number of years. But now regarding these payments, do farmers feel the same about this? Yeah, I suppose there is always that, that fear amongst the farming community and it, it kind of there has been a little bit of chatter about that over the weekend. You know, people, it, it feels quite invasive, I suppose. There's very few businesses maybe that feel there is that level of scrutiny on them, that there is a satellite watching them from above. Um, but I suppose, look, it, it's the way the EU is trying to, to move in that certain direction. Um, 
But I, look, I, I think the, the main thing is that there has to be a certain degree of openness and that farmers understand what's happening here. And it's not just the case of you, you're being slapped with a penalty or a fine or you're losing out your payment and you don't understand why. And when is all this going to be ramped up? I and mean, when can we see this officially taking place across the country for all farmers? Yeah, so I suppose the department now is currently in the very, very early stage of the development. It kind of knows what it wants to do. It's just trying to find someone that can do it for it. Um, so what we'll probably see now, it'll be another year to two at least before we see it. And I suppose that's all determined by the cap itself. This system is part of the regulations in the next cap, which haven't obviously come into play yet uh, as they've been delayed. Now, they were due to come into force in January 2020, but that's not going to be possible now. So the EU's timeline is aiming for January 2021. However, there's still an awful lot of work still to be done. So we could be talking as far as January 2022 before this system is rolled out. OK, well, we'll wait and see what happens with that. And farmers' views are welcome on that to 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Barry, before I let you go, the big story, of course, that continues on across the weekend into today is of Commissioner Phil Hogan. Many asking if he should uh, stay or go now. Farming groups that have been in contact with us this morning, uh, some uh, feel that when everything is over in regards to Brexit, then maybe he should go. But they would like to see him remain at the table for the sake of Ireland when it comes to negotiating associating with Brexit. What are you hearing there from the Farmer's Journal? Yeah, well, I suppose it is that topic of Brexit. And I mean, this week, once we enter to the end of this week, will be four months from the Brexit date. And obviously that will have huge implications for Irish agriculture. I mean, not just, you know, at the beef sector, the dairy sector, you know, they're all really, really impacted by what happens. And I suppose we are so late in the game now that maybe changing players on the field could be damaging. Obviously, there is, there has to be the acknowledgement there of what happened was incorrect and was wrong. Um, but I suppose there is a lot of other think factors to take into place in that. And if we do have a damaging Brexit outcome, I mean, that would be, could be disastrous for Irish agriculture. And are they overall saying so because of the disaster that could happen if things go bad with that particular deal that we're better off with them? Or are we better off bringing someone else into the table or even does it make a difference who's at the table for Ireland because negotiations will be just discussed at a county and countrywide level when it comes to what will be the outcome of Brexit regardless yeah, well, of Phil is there or not Yeah well I suppose I suppose the role that he holds I suppose as Trade Commissioner you know if he does leave there is no guarantee that Ireland would be granted the position of Trade Commissioner with whatever representative we chose to send instead um, and I mean where we talk well you talk about Big Phil and I suppose the consequences of his actions you know there's farmers livelihoods are on the, on the line here now you know it's not mm. just a case of political gain, gains here you know, there is farm businesses at the end of this that will pay the consequences of whatever happens in the Brexit negotiations. So I suppose if we can hold the strongest side we have in those negotiations, and I know obviously Commissioner Hogan has a very good working relationship with Michel Bernier, who's heading up those talks. So, I mean, there's no guarantee that whoever goes out there will be able to step immediately into that shoes and hit the ground running in that. I suppose it's just so late in the day, it, it could be very damaging, you know, at a very short period of time. And even if we look at what's happened with the Minister for Agriculture role. I mean, we're heading into our third minister now um, of the new government, and and that's been that will be damaging for Ireland too in terms of its strength in the cap negotiations that are sort of reaching a conclusion now, and there will be really crucial negotiations happening in October, um, and it, you know it doesn't it doesn't bode well sending out three or four different faces um, to work with those working relationships. Yeah, very true. Okay, Barry, on that, thanks for joining us this morning. We'll await and see what happens in Brussels and regarding the next agricultural minister for us here. But for the moment, thanks for joining us this morning on the programme.
Thank you very much. That's Barry Cassidy, news correspondent with the Irish Farmers Journal. And your view, welcome on that. I know the last time farmers uh, were not happy to think that they were being spied on by satellites from the sky looking at what land they have and at their farms. Your view is welcome on that as this will determine payments now from the EU. 1850 333 103. Text of WhatsApp 086 2103 103. An update uh, from Metera. Now they have issued an orange warning for rain. And that's in place because of Storm Francis. Uh, that's the storm that, that's, that's going to hit us now over the next few days. Storm Francis is going to hit Ireland with high winds and indeed uh, heavy rainfalls over the la- next few days. It's going to uh, kick in tonight with heavy rain and tomorrow we'll have high winds as well. Uh, gusts of over 110 kilometres per hour expected tomorrow across the country. Cork is one of those uh, counties so we're going to be affected by this with heavy rain predicted overnight here in Cork and indeed heavy and high winds tomorrow extremely heavy rain predicted they're telling us now and also fresh uh, fears of flooding which we've had a lot at the moment more of that though unfortunately on the way and that news just coming into us now in the last few minutes from out here and who have issued that orange uh, warning for Cork for rain uh, this evening and overnight a storm Francis hits us we'll have more on that across the show here at C103 So with so many people having events organised and then the latest restrictions come in and those restrictions of course means that people have to resort to Plan B well some of us anyway are going back to Plan B uh, those that are obeying the laws that is well Network Ireland are one of those and Network Ireland West Cork Businesswoman of the Year Awards are going to take place virtually online this Thursday Catherine O'Sullivan is Vice President of Network Ireland West Cork and joins me on this. Good morning to you, Catherine. Good morning, John Paul. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Now, this was tough on you guys because you had to change your plans at the last minute, basically. But you're going virtual this year. And while you are changing things to virtual, still, it's going to highlight how much has happened over the last year, business-wise, and also how many women in business there is in your Network Ireland West Cork. Yes, it will. Um, we we have to. We, the whole year has been changing. COVID has changed everything, and you have to adapt and you have to be flexible. And that's the challenges that it has put to us this year, and to the thirty-one finalists that are in our awards. Now it's a great amount of finalists you have mm-hmm. there. Just explain briefly, uh, Catherine, about Network Ireland and the support it provides for women who may want to enter business, who are currently in business and have been adapting over the last year to change the way that they are operating their business. So what Network Ireland does is it um, provides a support service essentially to professional women or women in business. So it helps them to develop skills, networking, it uh, helps them to meet other people Um it provides information around the services that are available to them, particularly with regard to starting business, etc. Our national partner is um, AIB Bank, and they're also very strong in this and very supportive throughout it. And they work on different programs with us that we can provide to our members um, to help them set up their businesses or to grow their businesses. And did your members this year obviously availed of the networking because it was tough, things changed by the day for so many businesses and those that maybe were not online had to then go and figure out how their business could trade and operate online? Absolutely. And we have had some businesses um, here in the West Cork branch that 
online was never possibly even considered that they could run their business online and now they have turned it and they're working their business online full-time and have been very successful in it. Now, some businesses have struggled um, and it's that resilience and finding another way when you get a blockage to come around it um, and it's that thinking and asking for the help that helps those businesses go ultimately anyway when they find an alternative solution um, and not just stop when you do hit walls and because there are so many challenges at the moment. And within these awards that will be taking place uh, this week, I mean you have different categories there from business innovation to emerging new business and I suppose business business innovation would include a lot of those who had to relook at their business this year. Absolutely, that's what it's all about. It's about innovation, thinking outside the box, thinking of other ways to revive your business or to we banned it or to put it out to the um, society again just with regard to another way of interacting and trading with people than you would have done previously. You have to be innovative. Um, you have to be flexible. You have to be resilient. But you can call on the network. That's the benefit of the network is to tap in on members um, tap in on colleagues to get other ideas or help if you have an idea to um, actually put it into action. And isn't it great too, Catherine, that we have a situation whereby you have emerging new businesses to those who were already in existence, maybe expanding and also new businesses coming through, especially this year with everything going on. It's a positive news story, isn't it? Absolutely. The emerging businesses are the really interesting ones because that's where you see so much creativity and the ones that have started since COVID because COVID has brought opportunity and alternatives that people may not have considered previously and that's re- I find that personally really interesting um, where people have seen a opportunity in what so many people see as a negative right now um, but there's plenty of opportunity out there and there's plenty of positives um, and I think in the coming months and years we'll see more and more of that um, as people grow and adapt to what's our new norm. And you mentioned there the benefits of Network Ireland. I mean, if somebody is running a business themselves and feel they could do with the help of you guys, how do they get involved? How do they join your particular branch? So our our branch, um, we have a web page, but we there are twelve members on a committee, and we what we've done this year is we've put two committee members working on um, each of the areas of the uh, branch so that the contact is, is easier to get to. So it's um, it's it's the, the web page, essentially, um, or Facebook, and our PR and our social media are working hard all of the time to be out there so that people can contact into them and they'll be um, allocated into the appropriate area that they can get the help they need. And just one query that has come in from, I know there's a network guard in West Cork, there's one in the city as well. If somebody wants to set up a branch, uh, for example, in North Cork, uh, that can be done, I presume you would contact, is it the National Network Ireland to do that? Correct, you correct National Network Ireland, but of course they could collect, connect um, to a member in our own branch or another branch just to even get the guidance on how to start, but it's National Network Ireland um, that is the head of all of the branches and they lead the lead. 
Okay, and yeah. I know you do great work as well there for charities in the area, as well raising yeah. funds for different charities. So well done on that. So your virtual awards yeah. going online this particular uh, Thursday is on the 27th of yeah. August. Great. And uh, best of luck to all those in those various categories. Great, great, great. there's so many involved. I mean, it's a huge yeah. selection of businesses there, I must say, it's Catherine. Great. Isn't it yeah, fantastic? Yeah, it's really good in West Cork. It's, you'd be very, very proud of it and very proud of each of them for what they're doing and contributing into the local communities because it's all feeding back into West Cork. It does and then one business yeah. will feed into another business and there's a the ripple off effect so uh, fantastic there and of course your host on the night is Margaret Nelson from our Dublin studios uh, a great host she'll be for, for the night as well. We'll have great fun it'll be a big party and <laughs> we just have to work with within the um, restrictions and regulations now to keep everybody safe. Indeed well enjoy yeah. those virtual Thank awards so uh, in, enjoy the night virtually all Thank of you, you so and best of luck for all your work in the future Catherine. Thanks a million and thanks for no problem. Good positive story, Catherine. Thanks for joining us. Catherine O'Sullivan there, Vice President of Network Ireland West Cork on their virtual awards taking place this particular Thursday. And I know people are asking about setting up Network Ireland in various areas of Cork. You can get on to Catherine, contact them or contact Network Ireland as well nationally to do that it is a great support uh, for women in business especially these days coming up with different ideas to run business and indeed getting your business online you can google them as well Network Ireland to get further information 1850-333-103 lines open Bernie and Sadie taking your calls of course Annalisa is along at 12.30 any nutritional or health questions for Annalisa get them into us uh, to Bernie or Sadie 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 86 103 C103 Good afternoon to you, John Paul McNamara, with you right through until one in for Patricia Messenger while Bernie and Sadie take your calls to 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. We'll get back to your calls and comments shortly on Commissioner Phil Hogan and everything in relation to Golfgate. But a number of people have been on to us concerned with the schools going back later this week and into next week. And people feeling, is it just them or are other people nervous. Uh, First of all, a texter here is saying, is it just me or are other parents in a similar position? I am sick with worry about the kids going back to school. I am nervous myself. I'm just a nervous wreck. Anybody else in the same position is asking a parent. And this is a teacher in East Cork who says his school is opening on Wednesday. The government also needs to return says this particular teacher. He cannot see how it is going to operate with all these students that are returning. Schools vary in size. They will not be able to do the one metre distancing. The teachers are very worried. They want to work but they do not see how all these students can go back to the same size of classrooms that they were in. They were hoping they would be staggered and do some online learning as well. He wants to commend uh, what Sean Sherlock was saying earlier on his interview, but he does feel the leadership for those going back to school and the leadership coming from the government uh, is basically none. There's no leadership there. He's saying Michal Martin is it's looking at this stage and the government to be a bit of a disaster. He needs to recall the doll straight away and show some leadership uh, for us teachers as that particular teacher in East Cork and a text here saying I would not like to be a teacher or an SNA what do you do if someone coughs on you do you send that particular student home or let the person stay it's a hard one to go on with uh, what is the situation and Claire has emailed in as well to jp at c103.ie 
Uh, she's worried and nervous about her daughter going back to start her leaving cert year. Now, her elderly mother recently moved in and with them and they're worried as their daughter is about the risks involved with returning to school. I think that my daughter would do better with a blended learning method which was mentioned at some point back at long. Why are the numbers reduced on the buses etc and all the other events but yet schools which in this case can take up to 1,000 pupils are okay to return? I would like to hear others opinions on this. Uh, So your views if you're a parent and your child our children are returning back to school this week or next week. What are your views on this? Are you worried? Uh, because some parents are worried just in relation to COVID, the classroom sizes, uh, the fact that if something happens in the school, COVID related, how does that impact then for Claire's situation when her elderly mother is living with her? Uh, the impact that could have if there was, for example, not saying there would be, but if there was any outbreak in the school, uh, the impact that would have for families in her situation and for those who are texting in. Uh, just wondering, other parents listening, uh, like some that are on to us, are you nervous? One parent saying, I'm a nervous wreck. So are you in that situation? Uh, people looking for views from others, uh, basically how they feel about their child going back to school. You can call Bernie or Sadie 1850 333103, text or WhatsApp 0862 103103. Uh, Sandy, uh, going back to Golfgate uh, on this particular situation with people calling for Phil Hogan to resign. Sandy says, I do not agree with Golfgate and all that has happened. But calling for the resignation of Phil Hogan is ridiculous. He may be replaced with an Eastern European uh, minister or commissioner or indeed somebody who is pro the South American trade negotiation. As it stands, even with Phil, Irish industries face a near wipeout deal on Brexit. So be careful what you wish for. We could cut off our COVID red nose despite our expert trade if required, uh, says Sandy. While also Sandy says, what is the need to recall the doll? Sandy says, we have enough hot air and waffle already. The economy needs reviving now. And at the start, we thought lockdown would eliminate the virus. But now living with it may be the only option. As money runs out, recalling the doll is just a means of getting extra expenses plus salaries for those drawing salaries, despite some already drawing expenses, while not in Dublin. A TD's pay cut would be more appropriate, says Sandy, on what she thinks should be done on the recording of the doll. Jim saying, I don't think Phil had much hair to leave down at the golf dinner, as one of your listeners said previously. But by God, he has some neck, does Commissioner Hogan, and some brass neck thinking he is above the law attending that dinner and then travelling from a county in lockdown while caught on his mobile phone. And is this the man going to hunt down everyone who would not pay the water charges? At least Eric Cleary and Jerry Buttimer had the decency or common sense to go before they were pushed but not our big Phil says Jim and a text here saying we don't need leadership from Yobbs we have our own common sense and open the pubs now open County Kildare now do what you want the leaders have given the two fingers to the Covid laws and that is the worry uh, from people out there that because of what has happened people now are letting their guard down with the regarding the Covid laws because they have seen the way the politicians turned their back and there's a fear out there that people will think the same uh, that well if the politicians can can go and get a, a, a golf club and go for a dinner then why can't we and that is the fear out there that it could lead uh, to the work being done over the last number of months by all of us it 
it could be ruined because of what they have done last week in Galway uh, on staying with this particular issue first of all a text here is saying the politicians are not making mistakes they are making on purpose uh, there's a difference they don't care and should have learned from the on purpose mistakes of the politicians in the UK uh, people are saying there's no mention of the hotel all hotels must comply with the rules that hotel clearly did not and I believe it should be closed as well is what one texter is saying there regarding that hotel in Galway while John and Anna Shannon says with Brexit coming up we need a donkey to deal with a donkey so Phil Hogan needs to stay where he is for the moment says John in Inishannon and Passion for Moy is saying the Garda Commissioner will he be in trouble he reported to the government that Phil Hogan was caught using his mobile phone he had no right to do that. Phil Hogan is not in the government. He is an EU commissioner, says Pat Infermoy. Well, he's done it now and it's out there. So not too sure if he's going to get in trouble or not. And also on this, uh, first of all, Paddy is saying what is happening to all the Gardaí that knew that Golfgate was going ahead. Well, it's, well, did they know it was going ahead? I don't know. I mean, the Rochdus members, people certainly must have known uh, in in some parts of Leinster House that this was going ahead if an email went around uh, saying to people that this is going ahead at this time and they were members of the Oireachtas Government Committee and maybe not all of them went along uh, to Galway but surely people knew this was going on within Leinster House and Mary's saying why is there so much noise about Phil Hogan not resigning if he has any bit of decency he will resign himself if that was anyone else's son who did that, they would be in jail for being on a phone while driving or certainly getting penalty points. But no, again, one rule for them and one rule for us. And Michael M. Butterfin says, we are all missing the point about people resigning. These people would not miss any money out of their pockets. They will walk away with their big pension still. In China, everything would have been taken away from them, including their cars, their houses and their pensions. And they would have to be told to start again from scratch. Uh, Michael was watching a documentary about corruption in China and that's how they deal with people who decide to take the law into their own hands or be corrupt, says Michael and Butterfant. While Nancy is in Bantry, uh, she does not know who she would vote for again if an election was called right now. Nancy feels they're all such a shower of idiots. Phil Hogan stopped off in Kildare, which is a hot spot. He is so arrogant. Nancy has been staying inside trying to do the right thing. She says all of them are just a bunch of idiots. No matter what party uh, they are, she feels they're all idiots at this stage, says Nancy in Bantry on 1850-333-103. On the issue of the farmers, and we spoke earlier, and this was with the Irish Farmers Journal on how satellites are now going to be used to inspect farms for certain farm payments. Well, on this, first of all, we did ask Barry Cassidy, our uh, journal, the journalist with the uh, Farmers Journal, on what his view was and farmers' view was on Phil Hogan. We have heard uh, from some farming groups and members of farming groups who have said they would rather see Commissioner Hogan remain in place until everything was dealt with with Brexit. Well, on that, uh, John says he doesn't agree with Barry from the Farmers Journal. His view is that we could be very undermined by the loss of Hogan. Well, Phil Hogan's actions over the past week has revealed he couldn't even comply with several rules enforced by his own state. Indeed, he even broke most of them. So no, he's undermined himself, says John. And on that issue of satellites being used to monitor farms, John says and he feels that the department are trying to drive farmers out of business so they will not get paid the single payment, says John. 
And another uh, John Hira farmer says, I'm shocked to hear they're going to go down the road of satellites. Yes, it was mentioned and they are using some satellites at the moment for various aspects of farming. But to look and deal with farm payments via satellites, John feels is unfair. John also points out that a lot of farmers will lose now uh, their farm payments or see a reduction in their farm payments by using satellites, as he feels some satellites will measure the land and farms incorrectly. Uh, says John on text 0862103103 and a lot of worry on the schools returning from parents who feel like a lot of our listeners Claire one of them and I'll get to those comments shortly that people have a concern over what is happening with schools returning especially those who have elderly parents living with them at the moment and their child is going into a school situation there's worries there I'll get to those calls and comments very shortly your views are welcome 1850 333103 call Bernie or Sadie or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103 the C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. And the Chapel Hill School of Art in McCroom, they will have an open day and that's going ahead on this coming Saturday at one o'clock, which will have free kids workshops as well as many other artistic attractions. And Adam Cara Supports Group for Brave Parents, they will return to their group meetings with safety measures in place and that will take place on Wednesday, the 2nd of September at 7.15pm in the Munster Arms Hotel in Bandon and on Tuesday, the 15th of September, also at 7 15pm in the Munster Arms in Bandon. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Connect with C103 on Twitter now. Search for our Twitter handle at C103 Cork. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103103. And keep your calls and comments coming. You can also keep your questions coming for Annalisa, who will join us very shortly. Any health or nutritionist advice you look for, Annalisa, along, she'll answer as many as we can between now and one. Call Bernier Sadie 1850 333103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 086 2103103. Now back to the issue of children returning to school uh, this week or indeed next week depending on when your school is going back and parents are worried and concerned as we heard there earlier from emails into the programme and indeed texts and basically parents looking uh, to see what other parents out there are feeling and are they feeling the same are they anxious and are they are they worried over what could happen when they go back to school or, or how are they feeling anyhow on this a few texts in on this I'm a parent from West Cork and yes I am very concerned about sending my children back to school it is very worrying time for all of us we have to think of our children and keep our children safe I know their needs are to get back to school but it is very concerning time at present for all of us and for us parents but still we need to keep the child in the classroom safe. But yes, I am very concerned about sending them back to school. And a texter here saying, with regards to our children going back to schools, either in primary, secondary or in college, the principals and teachers will do everything possible to safeguard our children. Our children have to get on with their lives. We cannot stop up and worry about every little thing. We have to let them get on with their education and get used to going to school in a much different environment. Those big or small are great to adapt. Parents should have more trust in the people in charge and more trust in their very adaptable children, says that particular person on WhatsApp to 0862103103. 
And back to the issue of the uh, golfing situation last week, Golfgate. First of all, Anthony here, uh, who says uh, um, this has been going on for decades. Apologies. And it seems to be always Fianna Fáil at the centre of them. It runs hollow when ordinary folk have had important family situations cancelled. And that's why this wasn't uh, given a damn. That's why the function wasn't cancelled, because they didn't give a damn. It's as simple as that. The gap between the government in power and the public is widening at the moment, says Anthony on text 0862103103. And another texter here is saying, thought the over 70s were recommended to self-isolate. What age is Dodi Cassidy? I'm not too sure what age he is, but anyhow on that, uh, they're supposed to self-isolate at this time. And you have other TDs that were there and ex-TDs. Were they all over the age of 70 or are they under the age of 70? That's another rule broken if they attended and they were over 70, says the particular texter. And another Anthony says, it's a sad reflection on this country when people want Leo Varadkar back as leader, when the reason it took him five counts to get back into power was that he was not up to the job anyway. And the basics of society was a mess. Housing, homelessness, health, they are all in a dire situation. Our choice of leaders in power at present is as bad as America, says Anthony on text 0862103103. And on the issue of the satellites and farms, one texter here is saying, why are they always picking on the farmers? Leave them alone for once, says that particular texter. Now we know the weather is going to turn tonight and tomorrow. Heavy rain and wind is going to hit us later on this evening and indeed uh, across tomorrow. Heavy wind, really going to, the wind is going to be stronger tomorrow, daytime. And tonight we're going to see a lot of rain hitting the Cork area with a status orange warning for rain across Cork later this evening from nine o'clock. But on that, and as there is a worry of flooding in many areas, I have an email here from a listener in Skibbereen who says, as you're aware, our area and others were devastated by flooding last week. But when will Cork County Council learn the A, B, C of road maintenance, which are the following. A, cut the dikes and hedgerows. B, clear the water tables and gullies. And C, surface the road. That formula will never change. The problem is the council are starting at C, surfacing the road. They surface the road. Then we have a shower or heavy rain. The water has nowhere to go. So the road surface is torn up as before. The method is a waste of time, money and effort. Cork County Council, please revert back to the A, B and C of road maintenance, says a listener in Skibbereen on email to jp and c103.ie. And another email that came in to us, and this might be of interest to truck drivers, uh, because one truck driver has contacted us about uh, the obligation they have and they must go to, uh, to a particular qualification each and every year. It's called a driver's CPC qualification. And to keep it up to date, they must complete seven hours of training once a year. Uh, so this particular truck driver has emailed in. It's Joe. And Joe says the training is done at various different locations around the country and involves classes of up to 16 drivers in a room together. Now, this training is five modules, completing one a year for five years, and then it starts all over again. 
the content doesn't change. Module 1 this year is the same as it was five years ago. Most drivers you ask feel they gain nothing from this training and are of the opinion that it's a waste of time. Now, Joe says my opinion differs slightly. I think it's current guys, it doesn't do anything to upskill drivers, given that it's normally more of a social outing with a lot of chat and very little course content. However, Joe says, I think it could be a great way of getting drivers trained in first aid, healthy eating, exercise, forklift courses and much, much more. But Joe says to get to his point, given that most people who need to do the course by September this year will have already done the exact same course at least twice. I don't think he says it's worth the risk of bringing a group of drivers together and a group of strangers essential, especially in this particular current climate. So can you find out from the Road Safety Authority, are they allowing any leeway on this particular matter? He has tried himself and he has got no answers on this. I'm sure a number of truck and bus drivers listening would appreciate a particular answer on this. Uh, Joe says that my mother-in-law lives with us and I know for one, I won't be doing this course while there is of infection is present. We have all stayed working right through this pandemic to keep shelves stocked and necessary risk. I have no intention of taking unnecessary risks to do this course that I've already done at least twice, says Joe on email to jp at c103.ie. Well, we did get on to uh, the Road Safety Authority, Joe, and this is their response. They're saying earlier this year, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the EU Commission granted an extension of six months to drivers whose CPC cards expired between the 1st of February and the 31st of August. For example, a driver with a card that expired on February the 1st was extended to August the 1st and a driver with a card expiring on the 1st of July that was extended up to the 1st of January next year, 2021. Now, all drivers of the RSA say who fall into this particular category are encouraged to complete any outstanding CPC training in advance of their extended expiry date in order to obtain their renewal CPC card. And they say, please note that no new CBC cards will be issued to include the extension. They say with regard to drivers attending CPC training that all commercially viable businesses who are providing drivers CPC training are obliged to to ensure that government and HSE guidelines are adhered to during the training day. All training rooms should be set out to allow for a minimum of two metres in between each driver during the training day and the size of the room will dictate the numbers of drivers to be catered for. The max limit of 16, they say. Now, things have changed since then again and they have updated that. But uh, they're saying that obviously hand sanitising stations should be set up in those rooms and all attendees should wear a mask or face covering in attendance. They say that all those who are in attendance should complete and return a COVID-19 declaration form in advance of the training day. And this information then should be held on file if the event or if there's any need of contact tracing later after that particular event. They said if a trainer providing uh, wishes to carry out temperature checks on attendees, they can do so as well well on training day and on the numbers that we mentioned the 16 there and how things are changing with regards to numbers indoors and the RSA on that say the numbers are dictated by the size of the room but can only be a maximum of 16 persons but then again that goes back to the particular trainer uh, if there is insufficient space at a particular venue six people may be uh, too many uh, to partake in the particular training uh, but basically they're saying that 
they will be looking at each individual centre. So while people are worried about there's too many in a room, they will go on whatever the regulations are. So uh, whatever the regulations, if you feel maybe 16 is too much or too many in a room, depending on where we are with the current regulations, they'll reduce it in size. But overall, they are saying they're taking everything into account when it comes to the uh, CPC training. But they are saying that they have granted the extension of those CPC cards. So uh, Joe and others, if you're a card did expire, let's say, on the 1st of February, then it, it ex- it's extended until 31st of August. And for example, if your card is out on the 1st of August, then it has um, and it will expire uh, into uh, next year. Uh, so they have extended those by six months. Again, if you have to go along to CPC training, they are saying... Uh, that everything is in place and that everything is going along to uh, the COVID restrictions and what has been advised by those uh, in power on COVID-19 guidelines. So that's the answer there for you, Joe. Hopefully that helps you out. And anybody who is and does need to go uh, for CPC training, they are saying that everything will be going along with those guidelines. But again, uh, for those who have the cars, there is an extension of six months. So hopefully that clears that matter up for those in that particular situation. 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. We'll speak to Annalisa from the Health Hub in Banning College next. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And just a text in, first of all, on the returning to school and parents who are worried. What about this particular parent in a situation whereby they are returning to school, but she has heard uh, that a parent who has a child going back to their school has returned from Lanzarote and doesn't see how that particular parent can self-isolate for two weeks as children are going back to school. What do you do in that situation? Do you approach the principal and say it? Or could it be hearsay? Uh, yeah, and that is the, the fear amongst parents. One of the worries and many of the worries parents are having. We are going to discuss this at length over the course of the week anyhow on what parents can do and what can they expect over the next number of weeks and how schools are preparing as well for their return. But thank you for your text on that. And also Baz in Bantry is saying, does anyone know, are people getting messages and text messages from permanent TSB about some form of payment being taken from your account? Uh, He sent on a message. Now, it could be a scam, but I'm not too sure. We'll check it out for you, Baz, unless you know. But if others got scams, there is a lot of scams going around. At the moment, one thing I have noticed that you just sent it into me, Baz, the text you have sent uh, from claiming to be from permanent TSB, it's saying that you need to open a link, but the link they give is not the permanent TSB link. Uh, the link is open24-safe.com that is in permanent TSB so that is a hoax I would delete that straight away ignore it uh, and there's nothing wrong uh, and again if you're ever in doubt contact the bank yourself your local branch or ring the number of your local branch and they will be able to tell you straight away if there is a problem but looking at the text that you got that you forwarded on to us claiming to be from permanent TSB it's not the link they're asking you to click on is a false link uh, and God knows if you click on that what will happen so ignore it uh, delete the text that's the best advice I can offer because th- th- that website that's not a permanent TSB website so ignore it Baz uh, delete it for your own sake and thank you for your text to 0862 103 103 now Let's leave Golf Gate 
let's leave all of that behind us and let's join Annalisa Giselle at the Health Hub in Ballincollig answering all your nutritional questions this afternoon as usual. Good afternoon to you, Annalisa. Good afternoon, John Paul. And a nice break now from Golgate to deal with, <laughs> discuss something different on the show today. And something that has come up a lot, and these are, are people, I suppose, who are worried about their children going back to school and the whole issue of COVID. What can we recommend for parents, Annalisa, who basically are texting in this morning saying, can you recommend something like vitamin D uh, to boost our child's immune systems going back to school? Yeah, I think vitamin D is a must, John Paul. Now, we've had a fairly good summer and if kids have been out and about playing, they will have some vitamin D stores, but they're generally gone, I would say, by the end of September, October. So I think it's no harm starting kids on a vitamin D straight away. There's lots of different supplements um, designed for children that are good for boosting the immune system overall. Um, And when you're trying to choose one, what you're really looking for is something that has got zinc in there, vitamin C, vitamin D, and one of the great things for children is elderberry extract because it's a very strong natural antiviral. So it's brilliant for pre- preventing the usual coughs and colds that start back in September, aside from the COVID, which is also very good against the COVID virus as well. So there's a couple of different um, brands. The one that I have here in the shop is a BioNutri uh, complex for children, and it comes in a chewable tablet. So kids actually quite like it. It's very easy for them to take. And that's got a combination of all of those things that I've just mentioned, plus something called beta-glucans. Now, beta-glucans are getting a lot of interest recently in terms of immune system support. They would be found mainly in mushrooms. And, of course, the Chinese have been using mushrooms for thousands of years medicinally. So this complex, the BioNutri elderberry complex, has actually got beta-glucans in there as well as everything else. And a similar brand, if you can't get the BioNutri one, is um, by Salgar. They do an elderberry complex with all of those things in there as well. So there's a whole range of choices. The Sambucol is another elderberry one that has, and you can get ones with zinc in it for children, but it doesn't have the vitamin D. So make sure you add the vitamin D on top of that as well. Okay, and Eileen in Clonakilty wants to know what supplements would you recommend for a male who has been in hospital for six weeks, been on several antibiotics and indeed surgeries, no underlying health conditions, but they feel as he returns home, his body and his body systems would need some help as he does come home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, after such a lengthy time in hospital, all there'd be a lot of muscle wasting as well. One of my favourite things for people who've been in hospital, and especially if their appetite is poor as well, which can happen, is um, something called Life Drink. It's by a company called Terra Nova, T-E-R-R-A, Nova, N-O-V-A, that's the company. And it's literally Life Drink, L-I-F-E. And it's a combination of proteins, probiotics, omega-3 fats, and a load of different superfoods that help boost the energy and the immune system and just put the nutrition back into the body. The protein is great as well if you've been lying in bed for a long time, so it'll support, you know, proper muscle function now when you're getting back to normal. And the probiotics are very important after being on a lot of medications or uh, a lot of antibiotics. So you make that up into a drink. You can mix it in with a smoothie or you can put it in with breakfast cereal if you're having porridge. You could put the scoop in on top of that or you could literally just mix it in with the juice. So that's one very good one. If you can't get your hands on that, then the Source of Life Gold that I recommend to everybody, which I call the Gold Juice, is a great tonic just to give you an immediate burst of energy, but also to give you a very good nutritional boost. Uh, 
and immune system boost. So the Source of Life Gold would definitely be available in any health shops. And the other one, the Terra Nova Life Drink, that's very good for the protein if there's been muscle wasting. Okay, Joanne has emailed in. She wants to know any recommendations for a 22-month-old baby that has eczema. Now, it's very dry in places, especially very red on the creases of his body. They have tried everything medical, like continuous steroid creams, uh, but it's not improving. And the awful thing about steroid cream as well, and steroids in general, they often have what they call a rebound effect. So they do deal with the problem when you're using it, but then when you stop using it, the problem can come back. It's the same with the steroid nasal sprays as well. The other thing with steroids is that they can thin and damage the skin. So that's another reason to try and avoid using them if you can. So eczema is a very difficult one, John Paul, because actually a lot of the time it's viewed as a skin complaint, but naturopathically we would look at it nearly as an immune complaint. So generally with eczema, the body is reacting to something and it's it's showing in the skin, that immune response is showing in the skin. So trying to identify what the trigger is, it could be a food that's being triggered, it, it could be a chemical, it could be, um, you know, an inhalation, so it might be, um, you know, maybe a mold in the air that the, that the baby's allergic to. It could be animal dander, that's another big allergy for people, or dust. So trying to pin it down can be very hard. So the first thing I would suggest is remove all chemicals from washing the baby if possible. You can buy these things called washing eggs. They're kind of like a plastic egg with a load of mineral balls inside. And I use it myself in my washing machine. Um, I don't use any fabric conditioner and I don't use any washing powder. That does wash my clothes very, very well. No chemicals whatsoever, so it's great for the environment. And one of those balls will cost you about 30 euros and it lasts for up to a 1,000 washes. So it's good value as well. You should be able to get that in any health store. So that's the first thing there. The second thing then when you're washing your baby, use something very gentle on the skin. I'm a big fan of the Weleda range. It's spelled W-E-L-E-D-A. And they do a lovely um, uh, calendula body wash that's really gentle on baby's skin. And then in terms of creams, you might need to try a few before you find one that works. But one that I get great feedback here is on the Salcura Bioskin. Um, that's Salcura is the name of the company, spelled S-A-L-C-U-R-A, and it's Bioskin. And it comes in a cream and it comes in a spray. And it can take a, the itch out of the skin as well and uh, help it heal up. The other one as well a lot of people talk about is Child's Farm. Um, and the Mugu. There are other creams as well that some people have had good success with, but the one that I think works the best is that Salcura one, so try that one first. Okay, hope that helps Joanne there. And another question for from a texter who says, I have a toddler who's had diarrhoea for a few days. Now, is there anything you could recommend for him to improve or anything that we should give him uh, for his gut when he gets better? So I think there's, in fact, actually, John Paul, there's been a couple of customers have come in with an upset stomach, but not the typical 24-hour kind of stomach bug symptoms. So it's possible there's a very mild stomach bug going around at the moment. So I would definitely recommend a probiotic for that. Now, one of the probiotics that's great if there is diarrhea is the one, um, it's by a company called Optibac, O-P-T-I-B-A-C, Optibac. And it's actually called for traveling abroad. And there's a particular a blend of, of probiotics in there that's particularly good for diarrhea runny tummies. So for a small child or for uh, someone who won't swallow a capsule, 
you can quite easily open the capsule up and put it on a spoon with a bit of yogurt or something like that or put it into the baby's bottle or in for a drink. So that's very good if the diarrhea is ongoing to help with the diarrhea immediately. And if the diarrhea is stopped but you just want to be sure that the baby's okay, I would get a baby probiotic or a child's probiotic and just do a month of that and that should hopefully restore the gut flora back to normal again. Okay, Mags is a Crohn's sufferer with severe mouth and throat thrush. Any recommendations for her? Oh, gosh. So thrush, you see, if it's in the mouth as well. Normally what I recommend for that is washing out the mouth with citricidal, uh, which is grapefruit seed extract. It's a really good natural antifungal. But if there's mouth ulcers, that will sting very, very badly. Um so I would wait, like the colloidal silver is wonderful for mouth ulcers, for taking the pain out of them and for healing them up. You can get it in a spray and you just spray it directly onto the mouth ulcers. The other thing to look at as well is to see if you're reacting to sodium laurel sulfate, which is a foaming agent often added to beauty products, uh, washing products, shampoos and to toothpaste. And a lot of people actually are allergic to this. And one of the side effects can be mouth ulcers. So change your toothpaste to a natural one without sodium laurel sulfate. Use the colloidal silver to heal up the uh, ulcers. And once they're healed, use grapefruit seed extract as a mouthwash. And that will take care of the oral thrush. And then taking a supplement for the internal thrush as well. BioCult do a very good one called BioCult Candia. It's spelled C-A-N-D-E-A. And it's a combination of probiotics and natural antifungal herbal agents that you can take and that'll deal with the internal thrush. Okay, and actually, as you mentioned, Malthus is there. We have a a number of queries in on them. One from Podrick as well, who says, any recommendations to clear Malthus? He gets them every few months. And what are the causes of that or how can I get rid of them quickly? And I know there's other calls and texts in on Malthus. Yeah, I suppose it's a difficult one, really, John Paul, because... um, I think sometimes mouth ulcers can be as a reaction to something. So um, often I'd ask customers in the shop if they come in with mouth ulcers in the summer, are they eating a lot of extra berries or tomatoes? Because some people, that can cause mouth ulcers in some people. The toothpaste, as I've talked about, can be another reason. And then the last reason, of course, is if you're very run down, um, you you can get mouth ulcers when you're very run down. So um, if you're getting them recurrently throughout the winter, I'd recommend taking some kind of a tonic that has got vitamin D and zinc in it and vitamin C, the three of those, because they're very good not only for the immune system, but zinc and vitamin C very important for skin and gum health. Um, So try that throughout the winter months. Change your toothpaste to a non-sodium laurel sulfate. And there's a brand of uh, toothbrushes by a company called Mouth Watchers, not washers now, but watchers. And I think it's because the bristles have been impregnated with colloidal silver. They're really, really good for keeping your gums healthy. So switch that to that toothbrush by mouth watchers and switch your toothpaste and then keep a little spray of the colloidal silver handy so that if you feel one coming up, you can start spraying it on right away. And often that will heal it up before it becomes too sore. Okay, and I know there's a load of questions coming in as we're talking to you now. We won't get to them today, but we will hold them over for next week. But very finally, a caller in Mill Street. She has, or have you any recommendations for arthritis she has in her hands? Her fingers get locked uh, with this particular arthritis in her hands. Any help or any advice, Annalisa? So there's two ways that you can approach arthritis from a natural perspective. One is an anti-inflammatory approach, and the second is putting in the building blocks for the cartilage of the joints. Um, So 
generally when people are very stiff like that, um, I would recommend going down the anti-inflammatory route first because you're never going to get a joint rebuilding itself if there's a lot of inflammation. So as natural anti-inflammatories, I like to recommend things like turmeric, boswellia, Salgar 7 is a great one as a natural anti-inflammatory. It's got seven different things in there, including natural anti-inflammatories and joint rebuilders. Make sure you check with your health shop that they are suitable with your medication because not all of these natural anti-inflammatories are. So get that checked first. Uh, There's another lovely one as well by a company called Terranova, which has got turmeric and ginger in there. And we get great feedback on that always here in the shop. So they would be natural anti-inflammatories. And then as joint rebuilders, you're looking really for something um, with either glucosamine and chondroitin in there. That's a really old style um, way of rebuilding the joints and it can take a long time for it to notice the benefit. So the newer supplements have got also collagen in there. So the collagen gets right into the joints and it can, like it's much further along in helping to rebuild cartilage than glucosamine is. So you'd notice a much faster difference. And again, the, the one that I see great results with here in the shop is the Revive Active Joint Complex. It's, it's expensive, but it's really worth the money you spend on it because it, it's very, very good. And often people can take a full dose of that for the first couple of months until they feel good and then go down to a half a dose a, a day for maintenance. And then it doesn't seem so expensive. OK, and actually, just as we've uh, about a minute left, uh, more questions in here. First of all, you can help this person. What would you do or what can you recommend for toenail fungal? I know I've got recommended stuff before, but I've forgotten what Annalisa has recommended for toenail fungal. Yeah, so I recommend the grapefruit seed extract again. So it's sold under the name Citricidal, um by a company called Higher Nature. They do a liquid one um, and that's spelled C-I-T-R-I-C-I-D-A-L, Citricidal. It's a very good natural antifungal. It's quite strong, so like generally I'd recommend that you dilute it, so either dampen a cotton uh, pad and then put a few drops on it and wipe it around the affected area. And then a couple of times a week do a warm water foot bath with 15 to 20 drops of the citricidal in there and that way it gets right under the nail as well. Now the nail can go black with this when you're treating it. Um, You're not going to see an improvement in the old nail. It'll be the new nail coming up that you want to see is healthy um, and if there's any broken skin don't use it because it can irritate the skin and it certainly will sting if there's any broken skin and would that nail fall off the old nail or does it just I, grow well, out well it shouldn't fall off it should grow out okay. this wouldn't be very it's not as it's not very strong in terms of you know damaging the nail bed or anything but it, it can be rough on skin so that's what I would say would be the warning there. Okay Annalisa as always thank you for that and we'll chat to you next Monday. Thanks Annalisa. Annalisa Giselle there from the Health Hub in Ballincollig just located across the way from the cinema in Ballincollig and if you missed out on something Annalisa recommended you can listen back this afternoon just go to c103.ie click on listen live and then click on podcasts and you'll be able to listen back to what Annalisa recommended uh, this afternoon here on the programme. We're back back again with you next uh, tomorrow even from 10am with Cork Today but Nick Richards is next from one playing more of Cork's greatest hits and Martina on Drive From 4 we'll chat to you tomorrow morning from 10am until then enjoy your Monday afternoon Mind the Storm I'm John Paul McNamara Want flexibility? Take yoga Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company They offer flexible budget-friendly medical, dental and vision coverage that may be right for you More at UH1.com Hi 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.